0: JD Pines Radio. Hey. Token, turn it Hold up. We're chilling in the PDX. Roll hey. up the blunt. Who we having on next? Who we have on Chris on? with the comedy, Charlie with the facts. Ha. we spitting game, feeling like some Max. Hey. Everything and nothing, everything and nothing, everything and then O T H I N G. Hey. Everything hey. and nothing, everything. Hey. Hey.
1: H-Y-G. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fine episode of Everything and Nothing. I'm your host, Chris. This is my co-host, Charlie. I'm Charlie. Today's special guest is Drew Wilson-McGrath. Uh, he is a Portland comedian. Uh, he is very much a mountain man. Like, when you look at him, I definitely think mountain man. Uh, he definitely feels like he'd be at home up there. Uh <laughs> And I say that as a person who grew up in, like, Alaska. So, like, I imagine this dude probably chops his own firewood. Honestly.
2: He certainly talks enough about eating animals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, what are we going to do when a post-apocalyptic world comes around? Is anybody really ready for that? If you want to know which of us is ready, keep listening after this.
2: Golden Age kombucha golden age kombucha
1: the drink for the summer so sweet flavors that you want to try probiotics to help you not die tart
2: too subtly sweet golden age kombucha more than just drink just a
1: drink
2: we are based in portland google us on the internet
1: internet oh internet hey shady pines radio listener thanks for listening we've got a lot of great shows but i know you're thinking
2: hey there's no way i could listen to previous shows whenever i want to Right. No, you can't. Don't even
1: try. Well, hold on, Riker, because a lot of DJs got archiving now through Mixcloud and various sites. Click on your favorite shows through the Shady Pines radio schedule found both on the website and the app to find links to previous shows and information
2: about the over 30 shows now have links to previous sets and more is to come
1: we're putting this together ground floor so click around and click on donate if you can spare it we'd appreciate it
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: <laughs> there wasn't a real question. We break the magic every time. I love it. Okay. Welcome back. Another episode. It's me, your boy, Chris. This is Charlie. We got Drew Wilson McGrath. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. I like how Chris started off with your yeah, boy like he's gangsta
2: now. It's pretty solid. Dude, Chris is from the street of Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty I'm-
1: hard streets. I'm from fucking Jessica
0: Loop. That's where I'm from. A lot of one lot of what are those A lot of lime
1: scooters and four by fours out in fucking <laughs> Vancouver, man. I wouldn't know. I don't leave my house. I don't like talking to my neighbors. Fuck that. <laughs> I yeah, grew up in I Alaska. We don't. <laughs> they need to be four miles away and then we'll be cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, send smoke
1: signals to your neighbors. <laughs> Why would I do that? That implies a desire to communicate with them.
2: Mm.
1: That it, are you? You're, yeah, you're like from
2: Christmasville or something like that, right? <laughs> it is. That's the best description I've heard so far. It Christmasville. Is called North Pole. <laughs> oh, North
0: Pole. Christmasville. I thought we were. Uh, I thought you were. For a second, I thought it was Whoville. You know. <laughs>
2: But the Chris who lived just north of Whoville
1: did not. <laughs> I did live very close to the dump, if we're being very honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Chris, if you could be, if you could be the Grinch 100%. about about any one thing, though. So if you could be the way the Grinch is about Christmas, about any one thing in
1: life, what would you be a Grinch about? Okay, so here's the thing. In the last two years, I've actually like started not hating christmas as much because i don't live in it 24 7 anymore and it turns out getting a break from it for like 11 months at a time makes it palatable um um so so i'm not going to do what i would normally do and just say fucking christmas obviously (laughs) um misogyny i guess oh there we go there we go i like that
0: all right. Meanwhile, uh, I'd be a Grinch about women, so there and I, Chris and I. <laughs> <are different. laughs>
1: we uh, just gonna be fucking nega Grinches. Meet up in the parking lot and yeah. fight it out.
0: <laughs> we'll 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 meet up in the middle, and then we can just like you know, uh, you'll you'll be nice, and then I'll be my normal self, and uh, we'll go from there. No, I, I like be how Grinch you imply men. that my
1: normal self is not nice. No, no, it's, it's very a very backhanded way of saying that we're both shitty people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which isn't wrong, but
0: it's backhanded. <laughs> I can make a. I can make a forward-handed. No. Um, well, and so Charlie, what about you, man? What, what's your what's your Grinch thing? I guess. Oh man,
2: uh, mouth noises. <laughs>
0: mouth noises, hundred
2: percent. I got like the eating noises. Like, uh, uh, here's here's what it is. Okay, so when I'm driving, like on this is specifically on like Saturdays or Sundays. If you're listening to NPR and you're driving. Mm-hmm. And uh Splendid Table comes on. It's a fantastic show. It's about food. It's great. But the thing is, the host, Francis Lamb, just straight up eats shit into the microphone each time. Like and I'm just driving along and he's just like, <laughs> oh, that's oh, a delightful no. quince. <laughs> mm, oh, no. The lamb jelly, you know, whatever. Just <laughs> it's like yeah, that's eh. too much. I hate that stuff. So I take it, I take it
0: that you're not really into ASMR then.
2: Uh, you know what's weird is that some of it works for me, like the like when they're doing the paper brushing or calligraphy. Or like or cutting something like. soap? Uh, my brother's into cutting soap. I'm not much of a cutting soap guy. But you don't it's like
1: crazy.
2: the, the well, almost that's
1: more, minor, like the mini avalanche sound?
2: That's not... Well, it's cool. I'm not yeah. saying I'm, this is not my favorite. All right. No. <laughs> Mal- there's, there's whole genres of ASMR. Like the, you know, what's really great is like, there's porn uh, of ASMR. Well, yeah, for sure. But uh, <laughs> there's uh, this one I follow, Goodnight Moon, and she does like fantasy stories. And she's like, "Oh, you're you're made your way to my apothecary in the woods, and it, like, it gives me good DD ideas, and it puts me to sleep." Like, what are you gonna do? Nice. That, actually, that
0: in a way, that kind <clears> of <throat> sounds hot too. Like she's gonna be doing fantasy role playing. Like you made your way to my apothecary in the woods. And yeah
2: that that a lot of self. them are oh. very very like towing the line go good like uh there's there's some like if you if you search and i i forget to say i have but uh sexy asmr even on youtube there is sexy asmr <laughs>
0: uh
2: it's just it's like you're you hot girlfriend tucks you to bed or something like that because
1: of course charlie only goes to find the most wholesome of porn (laughs)
0: yeah no that's you know what i I bet pornhub is really grateful for your searches compared to what they get from most people you know
1: i don't know what you're talking about
0: (laughs) chris meanwhile is like asmr people getting shot in the face porn and he's just like yeah cutting soap while also cutting
2: humans porn starring chris stabbed in the leg asmr with stabbed. a four. <laughs> the more views i get the
1: more money i make
2: okay you
1: can't fault <laughs> me
0: for that one <laughs> I, I do like i do like stabbed in the leg asmr right like that should definitely be a lane with like a fork oh man
1: specifically. Take, <laughs> taking thanks off. charlie thanks for really really bringing it back I'm really to reality it in there.
0: taking off your prosthetic limbs asmr <laughs> that'd be pretty solid you know
1: <laughs> no, like, Drew, you know that that's happened to me, though, right? Like, I had a girlfriend that stabbed me a bunch. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think you've ever told me that you were
0: assaulted violently by an ex lover. Oh, I, I do jokes about this. Are you oh. kidding me? Well, I mean, to be fair, the last time I heard you do stand-up was just, like, a few weeks ago, and before that, it had been a year and a half.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, that's it, true. I forget most things, let alone <laughs> actual people's acts, so... But okay, um, I was about to try to smoke this strawberry milk, so you <laughs> should, man. You should hold that lighter to that glass for as long as
0: you like. My God, uh,
2: that brings up another thing that's kind of been crossing my mind lately. I work in the kitchen, so I kind of think about these things a lot. Uh, I'm worried know. now, Charlie. This is a bad. <laughs> this is a bad transition. Which food items would that that haven't yet been smoked should be smoked? <laughs> we know there are smoked cheeses and meats. Ooh. Smoked uh, peppers, I've heard of. So meat, so meats, definitely out of the question, right? Because that's just a given. Yes. Yeah,
1: so right, right, are, right. Things that are already right. done are off the table. What's the new thing? What's the What's the next kind of food we need to smoke? Oh, man, pineapple. I say I'm a bit of a chef myself, right? So I
0: when you when you ask me that, I legitimately think, what can I smoke, and then put into another recipe and have it taste really good right Pi- pineapple for sure but you already know that you can barbecue pineapple so it's not
2: That's, okay yeah I guess menta- it's
0: not. mentally it's not too far of a stretch but my first thought was <laughs> mango actually
2: ooh, that would be cool
0: like a smoked mango would kind of have the same like you think of an eggplant the consistency on the inside after a good long smoking might actually be roughly the same kind of goopy but still syrupy right i mean i'd be i would be fascinated with even trying
1: that i mean the only one way to find out really is smoke a mango i know what i'm doing later (laughs)
2: Uh, i was (laughs) when i was up in washington i was talking to my brother and we were listening like the radio was on and it was something somebody was talking about like hickory smoked bacon and my brother's just like why do humans like to make things taste like wood (laughs) i'm just like (laughs) that's a great question yeah that is a good question why do they want to make? eat a tree you know (laughs) well
1: it's got a tangy taste to it i don't know what to tell you uh, it's fantastic plus you're talking it's carbon form not it's not its usual form yeah
0: oh man i'm trying now i'm picturing like gnawing on tree bark and i'm just (laughs) You know, you get that weirdly satisfying feeling where you're like, "That's gonna be brutal," but you also know that it kind of feels good on your teeth. Just oh like, yeah, nah, yeah. That's where my head's at right now.
2: My my brother also said, <laughs> "He's he's 14. He's got some great ideas." He's like, "Why don't we just go back to hunter gatherer?" <laughs> I'm just like, dude, if you like, want to spend all day looking for some your berries and nuts, food. like, go off. <laughs> you know, do you do you, brother? Like, we <laughs> love you. That should be
0: a new game show or not even a game show, but like a reality TV series is becoming a hunter gatherer, but in suburbia only (laughs) trying to hunt and gather for food that way. You know, like in Beaverton, Oregon, you're like, you're a hunter gatherer now. And they're basically just robbing Fred
1: Meyer and they're like, I'm hunting and gathering. I don't know. Beaverton's got coyotes at least. And I've seen some hares out there. They've They've got squirrels here, let
2: me tell you. You
0: yeah, but okay. Good luck catching a squirrel. Yeah, you can have better luck eating people's cats. Honestly, not that I speak from. You experience. don't catch a squirrel; you shoot a squirrel. Yeah, but then you have to walk. Now you're walking around suburbia with a gun, and that has been the last three months of our news cycle.
1: And you can't do that to us, Chris. You Maybe can't become one of them. Sling no track. no no, I do it from my backyard. My neighbors will all be aware and they'll be they'll be uh gun safety conscious. It'll be fine. Where where do you live that you're shooting squirrels out of a tree and not also hitting your Vancouver. neighbors? <laughs> <laughs> well no no no, when Jessica I lived in Luke. Beaverton, I uh the place off of Wilson. Oh.
2: Okay. Yeah, the,
1: My mom used to We do had that a badass humans. backyard. I could have shot them in my own backyard.
2: You there are bunch of squirrels still. that hung out out there. I definitely don't have a backyard, so
0: my mom shot a raccoon once when I was like 10 because it got into our garage on accident. That was fun. Wow.
1: We had uh, a, a boar get loose from <laughs> down the road, and it chased my dad into the house because my dad's from Alaska, but my mom is from the south. So she picked up a baseball bat, heads out onto the front porch, and starts slamming it down and chases this fucker out of the yard. Wait, there's wild boar in Alaska? No. Um she'd Where she'd, were you? she'd raised it.
0: Oh like shit.
1: Some lady down the road had raised a boar because she was gonna cook it, but it got loose and Jeez. it came our way because we've got fucking 14 dogs in our yard. Is that like finders keepers at that point? Like if
0: you smash <laughs> the boar's head, I in, legit you can it?
1: thought about it. Yeah, dude. Like, fight me about it, lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's some bacon right there. But you're that woman has like... also shot in my general direction before, so I try not to fuck with her. <laughs>
2: she's she's like, I, I could have sworn,
1: could've could've sworn you were a polar bear. And you're like, what? <laughs> no. I was trying to get my dog out of her yard, and as I'm trying <laughs> to grab the dog's collar, she's shooting towards the dog, which is also my direction from her. It sounds like you were <laughs> living next to my grandma, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Wild lady.
0: Wild lady. There we go. I don't know. Hunting and gathering would be pretty fun in the suburbs. I'm i petting my cat right now. Who uh, He recently has gotten a lot of meat on his bones, so I wouldn't have yeah. to go too far for like at least the first month. I've got meals covered. Um, after that, I might end up eating a lot of huckleberries.
2: Isn't there something about eating cat meat because they have such a weird diet restriction that actually can harm humans if you eat cat meat i don't know probably
0: true. i don't know it depends on how much tuna you feed them too because then they could have a lot of mercury
2: Hmm.
0: cat with a lot of mercury i'd be down for that oh man so what's new in your guys's worlds collectively i mean charlie this is the first time i think you and i have actually formally met so i don't know what wouldn't be new in your world which kind of leaves everything <laughs> up in your presentation. but uh yeah, what's new in everybody's worlds?
2: Uh, well, uh, I'm still back. I'm still work at McMinniman's, uh, which regular uh, listeners will know is not always great. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, there's three uh, three cooks on staff plus our chef. Who um, I, I like my chef a lot. He does nothing. Uh, he just <laughs> leaves as soon as I get there. Yeah, uh, you know uh but so it's kind of like a a toss-up where it's like i'm getting these kind of peak hours that are great because i don't have to really be in charge of anything or do anything i just cook dinner and then do the dishes and go home mm-hmm. uh but at the same time it's like do i want to be working there and now there's a, a lot of um vaccinated seniors who think they're invincible and they just walk oh, around yeah with, with no masks on just like, yeah, just yeah, it's over now. You're you're good. How, long have, you, it? how long have you worked at
0: McMinimans?
2: <sighs> six years, six long. <laughs> damn, dude, i never
0: a, worked anywhere that long. That's a long time to be in a kitchen.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I've been working in restaurants for what did I figure out? Since sounds like twenty two thousand eight, I guess. So, damn, uh, thirteen years, I guess.
0: I have a lot of experience working in restaurants myself and I can tell you, man, working working back at the house and being a line cook or being a broil cook, that that can be a drain after a while. And it sounds like your your head chef is just basically like a supervisor at any other <laughs> place in business. You know, like the thing, uh, a, this
2: thing is like I know he's good and I know he's talented. Put, um, like at
0: home
2: <laughs> yeah well yeah. the thing the thing is he's worked for the company for like 15 years and he just they just shuttle him around to each kitchen that like needs help yeah but now like he's he's like bored he's just like man this is dumb i'm like all right cool well, yeah well you you just go home buddy you just just walk this one off you know <laughs>
0: Go home, smoke a bowl, maybe dude, talk some shit to your animals or your wife, depending on what. you want he's, to yeah,
2: He's got two little kids at home, oh. and they're, he's, like, dealing with the school shit. And they're, he's, like, every time I come downstairs, like, they got their iPad playing Fortnite while they're, like, the laptop is schoolwork, or, like, they're in the Zoom call for, work, for school. Just, like, dude. He, so he's just, kids. I, I feel for him. He's actually, like, just burned out. Like it I mean, sucks.
1: hang on though. <laughs> What's wrong with that though? If those kids yeah, yeah. are actually absorbing that that way, like
2: you have ADHD, <laughs> you get it. I well, I get it, but yeah, no. I <clears> anyway, he's what I'm trying to say is he's exasperated. He's got a bunch of. I, I understand that he's like it sucks, and our like his friend that was the head manager just left. So we're all like, how long until he leaves? <laughs> like, yeah, we're yeah. just sitting there. Uh, yeah, I think it like two more weeks. Exactly. Yeah.
1: We, right. we well, just
2: got our new head manager who he used to be a head manager for me like five years ago, at a different location. He got demoted after like six months because nobody liked him. So now it's kind of weird. He's like, oh, hey, Charlie. Last time I'm like, hey, I'm probably the last one in the company that worked with you at that location at that time. But <laughs> what's up? hey, you just, know, just like last time. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, like the, the, what I've come, kind of coming to the realization, or at at least it's hitting home a lot more, is that McMinimans never changes and it's never going to (laughs) change. And, uh, well, yeah, that's not how capitalism works.
1: And the the thing is, you're already
2: making money. Why would you change your business model? The thing is, what is changing is exactly like, exactly that. They're just getting their product made outside the company. Ship to us we just assemble stuff so here we are like we worked for the company for so long that we remember when we hand breaded the fish and chips and now like we get almost every dressing to shipped to us we're like what are we here for like just make a lunch like make a buffet already like
0: it sounds like you could also take the skill set that you're using right now and go work at an old folk home with a lot less stress basically <laughs> with the way that they're teaching you
2: Fish and chips and chili, baby. You can get a long way in life with those two things, dude. And, and that's the thing is, like, they love catering to those people. Like chowder every Friday, like. First off, I, I also love chowder every Friday. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> arguing that chowder is great, uh, but you get a call every week at like 10:30 a.m. before we open. Do you have chowder today. <clears throat> yeah, we do <laughs> every Friday. <laughs>
0: You know, that's a call that they have on their calendar that's on their fridge. (laughs) It's like, it's call and ask McMinimans about the chowder and then wait for your grandkids to call until you go and get the chowder. That's what the whole run is right there.
2: We had this woman call and she's like, I'm coming from Vancouver. I'd like to order half a tuna sandwich and a cup of chowder. I'm like, okay, there's two. Well, actually... There's probably like ten locations between you and me, and they all have tuna sandwiches and chowder. But sure, if you want to come to our location specifically, <laughs> you do you. <laughs> well, come on over. I, 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 Maybe I she call. wanted specifically your tuna sandwich. Apparently, and she called when she got there, and she's like, "We're down on the street. You can deliver to our car." <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: she was like, she was in the back seat, and it was like her. I don't know, she got a lift daughter and her oh, okay. sister in the front seat. I don't know. Two two daughters in the front seat and she's like in the back. <laughs> it sounds like they were on their way to Walmart and they just didn't want to stop at the
0: exactly. You know what I mean? I gotcha. I you. Gotcha. Well, Chrissy Pooh, what's what's new with you, man? I mean, you say you're not leaving your house, but that something something's got to have changed. You know, your beard
1: well, looks clean. My what? Your beard. Your beard oh, looks yeah. clean. Looks nice well, and clean. So, I mean, I have a job still. I uh good good for you. You're doing better than half of America, buddy. Yeah. Well, they uh yeah, they handed me a computer and was like, cool, go set this up at home. You have two hours to be back online. Hop to it. (laughs) I said, Okay. I've been trying to get you guys to send me the fuck home for like three months now. So thanks. Uh and then since then They've got me doing what we call resource desk, which is... So I do the supervisor callbacks, and then if people, like, agents have questions during the calls that they're on, they call, like, we're a team of three right mm-hmm. now, and they call us, and then we answer those questions and field those people off and whatever, and Duh. that's that's most of my job right now. That sounds... Crazy. It sounds painfully corporate, man. It really does. Oh yeah, I am. I am yeah. in the corporate office for a for a pet hospital. That's what oh. I do.
0: Oh, see, and I'm. I mean, I'm in. I'm in corporate too, not for a pet hospital because I don't know if they'd have me. I'd probably try to barbecue half of the sick and injured animals that came in there. But um, <laughs> you know, no, chef. They don't I'm bring sorry. those to the corporate office. Oh, they, they don't. They, don't. <laughs> they go to a hospital. Hey, <laughs> I know at Banfield, at Banfield, their corporate office, you can bring your pets like every Thursday and Friday. And to me, that's just like, that's itching for a barbecue, man. One sick dog, a couple sick ducks come in and you're just like, that's a feast, man. Let's have a good time. <laughs> Maybe that's just me, though.
1: Just, I don't know. I don't
0: know.
2: Well, Drew's you know. excited
1: about this hunter-gatherer idea. That's well, what's going on. No, I'll tell you. So a few months, it
0: was like a month and a half ago, I read an article. I, Google News force feeds me stuff that they think I'd be interested in, and they're usually not wrong. So they sent me an article about how an a, uh, animal rescue in Beaverton specifically had contributed to saving like 100 pugs from a slaughterhouse in China. And I mean like pugs, like pug dogs from a slaughterhouse in China, which were intended for food. And I'm like, you know what? If it was Okay, but now we're gonna
1: have a shortage of Mongolian beef at Panda Express, and that's all these people's fault.
0: And I'm like, you know what? If you had to choose a dog to kill and eat, maybe go with a pug. They're pretty ugly and they're really fatty. Nobody's going to miss them. You know what I mean? They're going to marble great too. Yeah, they really are. I mean, you could you could turn those things into veal and nobody would even know <laughs> what happened. You just leave them in a house chained to a desk for like three weeks and then you've got veal
2: cutlets, baby. That's I easy. Want, I want you to know that I'm going to be on a government watch list, because I have now Googled eating cat meat too many times. Uh-huh. It keeps coming up. It is illegal to eat cat meat in the United States. No. Oh. <laughs> Final $5,000. I'm like, Wait, that's it? To Google,
0: no, it's not me, I promise. That's it? Oh, my God, dude. And that's, you know, the sad thing is, is like, is that also for stray cats? Or is that just if you kill, like, your next door neighbor's cat? <laughs> this is eat, not even kill. Well, how are they going to know like that? Who's reporting anybody for eating cat meat and how do they find out? You know, poor Charlie's putting himself on a watch list. And I think he's probably implicated himself more by Google than if he was actually out killing cats and turning them into stew.
2: The dog and cat meat trade prohibition act of 2018, also called DMCPTA. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They only enacted
0: it in 2018. That's the best part.
2: (laughs) It's a bipartisan bill outlawing the consumption of cats and dogs in the United States. Uh, Pat, yeah,
0: yeah, man. You know, you know who really doesn't benefit from that is all the dog shelters that are now non-kill
1: shelters that were originally just like fresh meat shelters. You know, <laughs> <Goodness>. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I, uh, So I don't know if either of you watch um, Guy Fieri's whatever the fuck show he does. Is it the Grocery uh, Games? No, the one oh, where he goes to restaurants. Oh Anytime yeah, he's I in. Love, Fairbanks, he'll he'll take a stop over in North Pole to go to Pagoda, which is run by a very nice gentleman named Benny, who is apparently well-known to my family. And the way I learned this is uh, I was like eight, which means I think my brother was 11, and my dad had sat us outside of the Safeway mm-hmm. with a box of puppies with a free-to-good-home sign. Oh, And we were to stay there until the puppies were gone. (laughs) (laughs) And Benny bought all the puppies. No, no, no. I, uh... My brother's an asshole. And he (laughs) flipped the sign over. (laughs) Because Pagoda is across the parking lot. From the Safeway. And was like, uh... Puppies free to get home for next half hour. Then we sell to Pagoda. <laughs> Somebody called Benny about it. Oh my God. And then Benny called my grandma about it. Oh no. Yes. And then they had a conversation that caused Benny to walk over and slap the shit out of me and my brother. And I had a moment where I was like, ah, you're not family. I can fuck you up. And then my grandma called me. <laughs> 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 And he's like, you should answer that.
0: (laughs) I feel like Alaska is like the last vestige of American domestic abuse. Where like it's still kind of okay to beat the crap out of a kid. But only if they're trying to sell dogs to a restaurant.
1: (laughs) People will mostly leave things alone. It's not super great. My dad got away with a lot. Anyway.
2: (laughs) I feel like, yeah, I feel like Alaska. And again, like we make this comparison a lot. But the deep south also... Because I, uh, my, um, at least this was like in the early thousands, my dad's ex wife's sister came up with her her little three year old son, Christian. And Christian, I've talked about before on the show, was like this little snotty little brat. And his mom was just the devil, essentially. And and, uh, one time we went to a restaurant and, uh, Christian was, like, crying because he, did, they didn't have noodles or, you know, he's a three-year-old, whatever. <laughs> and so Kathy, Kathy, uh, she she walked, walked into the restroom, and she had a wooden spoon in her purse. And that, uh, at that time, was illegal in Washington State to beat someone, beat a child with a wooden spoon. You could spank, you know, with your hand, but if you use a weapon, it then becomes assault.
1: My dad has definitely broken
2: a hockey stick. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm not, again, I'm, this only highlights how bad your shit is. No, yeah. it's
1: fun. Look, I have to have my breakthroughs where and when I can, Charlie, okay? Just <laughs> let them happen.
2: <laughs> I feel like feel like the
0: first mental health check-in is going to be on Chris <laughs> in about five minutes from now. We're it's doing it right show. now, guys.
1: That's what this is. This is what it's been, guys. <laughs> You know, and if you can't
0: hit a kid with a wooden spoon, right? If that's actually outlawed, if you're a smart adult, you bring a spatula, right? And I don't even mean a metal spatula. You just bring one of those plastic tip spatulas. You can still whip the shit out of them. Those things break wind a lot easier than wooden spoons. And I'm not advocating necessarily for child abuse, although it definitely sounds like I am right now. And I (laughs) can give somebody some pointers if they ever wanted some pointers. But... um. Yeah, no, I mean, hit a kid with a spatula? My parents did that more than they spanked me growing up.
1: My grandma, uh, for her, it was the the flip-flops. Uh, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, because nice. you can chuck a flip-flop if you have to. Yes, got you like can. A, got like a 10-yard range there.
2: <laughs> Regarding the use of the wooden spoon, the Court of Appeals states, we cannot say that the use of a wooden spoon to administer a spanking necessarily exceeds the bounds of reasonable parental discipline. The keyword in the sentence is necessarily. Certainly, a wooden spoon can be used excessive, excessively, which would result in criminal spanking. However, the Gonzalez Court points out that the mere use of a wooden spoon to spank a child does not automatically mean the spanking was criminal. So,
1: you it, still got to do significant damage. You can't just pick up a spoon and be in jail. I right. just like that there is a term that exists called criminal spanking.
0: Yeah, and then conversely, we also have uh, sex clubs where that is like. That's just the entry point, you know. I was okay. going to say, and why does it sound so hot? Yeah, <laughs> you get in there, and the bouncer smacks your ass with a wooden spoon, and you just say, you just say, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, you got to consent first. So,
2: yeah, sign the contract, then I will administer the criminal spanking.
0: That would be that would be a really interesting thing to do. Is like look at the uh, look at the evolution of the weirdest laws in some of the the like the weirder states too, right? So you Did mentioned you the. Know?
1: Teacher, right? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that in Alaska, it is illegal to push a moose out of an airplane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a law we had to make, guys. <laughs> because there, well, you know what? And I, oh, wow, I, I want to know. See, I need to know more of the backstory
1: behind that. My guess, if I were to make one, is uh, hunting wolves for sport and for money used mm-hmm. to be a big thing. Oh, um, Still kind of is sometimes, depending on the year, right? And one of the ways you could do that would be to say, drop a moose out of an airplane and let it splash on the ground and attract a whole bunch of moose. And then you just shoot them from the air. Is that this... is, if I were guessing, why that law had to be made. <laughs> I wonder, is the law specific to moose of any
0: kind, dead or alive? Or is it specific to live moose because i feel like if you it is not live so you live is not in it you cannot push a moose out of an airplane wow that's interesting because i think that if you get a tag for a moose right that you should be able to within reason do whatever you want with that to bait and tackle other creatures
2: and and what if what if it's not a moose what if uh it's a like an elk or Bison or water buffalo? Like where?
1: We don't. We don't have. Where does the?
2: Those. Where do the? We have large a law that says line? you cannot where?
1: push a moose. Here's That's what we have. Here's the line that I'm now curious
0: about: is can? Is there a law against pushing small children out of an airplane <laughs> in Alaska? Yes, or is it just murder? murder? <laughs> okay.
2: Not necessarily. <laughs> there could be a parachute. They as to say: know.
0: Is there a specific law that says no? You can't push moose. Out of an airplane. Also, don't push kids, mostly so that you don't attract wolves. <laughs> you know, that's good lawmaking right there.
1: <laughs> that's good lawmaking. Yeah, cover all your bases in one go.
2: So, be- because <laughs> you know, a large amount of the U- U.S. wolf population has been like killed off for you know, obviously.
1: Yeah. So they reasons. wanted people to stop hunting the wolves.
2: Is really uh, what it was. Yeah. And yeah. but now, okay. So did you hear about in Texas, this, this guy wants to clone some deer? Like, he's like, I okay. want to clone deer for my ranch. And they're like, no, you're not allowed to clone deer because there's already so many more deer in America because there's less wolves. And he's like, well, too late. I've been cloning deer over the past 30 years on my ranch. <laughs> and
0: he, He's the one. He's the one that's contributing to the exactly. high deer like- population.
1: Is it just cranking <laughs> out thirty thousand more every year? Which just man, this is tough work, but somebody's gotta do it. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, that guy which
0: which means is that this guy has the ability to clone creatures, right? And decided to harness that talent toward just cloning deer for no apparent reason. And he could have gone anywhere with that one. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, anywhere. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> this wasn't like a, it's,
1: about the money, Drew. It,
2: it's this like was he, about cloning he some like, fucking deer. <laughs> he looked at like the island of Doctor Moreau, and he's like, no, you know, maybe just some deer on a
0: ranch. I don't know. I want to." <laughs> you should start cloning endangered species. Was be my thought, right? It's like that seems to be a whole great lane that the government should get into. It's just they, cloning endangered species.
2: Well, they've done that. They were they got the ferret uh, a couple months ago. Uh, they cloned a Blackfoot ferret that uh, gone extinct 30 years ago.
1: Oh shit! That um, I did not know.
2: That was kind of cool. Cool. So, cool. so we really
1: are, are just inching towards Jurassic Park <laughs> each and every day.
2: Yeah. Well, that that was the joke that Stephen Colbert made was Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta
0: we gotta make a move toward uh, cloning like woolly mammoths and stuff, since we know that we have their DNA. Just cloning woolly mammoths and then letting them loose and like. You know, the states that don't matter, like Nebraska, and <laughs> Kentucky, you know, and just say, yeah, Utah. Now, here's the thing. It'd be hard in Utah. The woolly mammoth would be able to survive because of the elements until it's summer. I think the terrain would be the hardest part for woolly mm. mammoths out there because you'd either I mean, there's a lot of mountainous range and then there's just a lot of plain. You know, can you <laughs> I'm imagining getting in like roadkill accidents with woolly mammoths instead of deer now. And how awesome that would be.
1: Your you mean car just demolished. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, mental health check-in. Drew's been thinking a lot about death lately. So, you know, that's uh I mean, kids,
1: people in cars, uh cats, you know, you name it. I'm just you, saying, I'm pretty sure if you run into a woolly mammoth, you don't kill a woolly mammoth, you wreck a car, and maybe you die. Oh, I no. think that's how that math works out.
0: Absolutely. So my 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 aunt Nancy and Uncle Bob, my Uncle Bob still occasionally does it, but he was a lifelong trucker. Right. So, I mean, driving all over the United States all to all times of night, seeing all sorts of different stuff. And he used to drive, a, I mean, a big rig. So an 18 wheeler. Mm-hmm. And he told me a story once about how he was going. I think it was like 55 miles an hour. And he hit an elk right in his big rig. And the the elk, Caved in the front of his big rig going 55 miles an hour. And for about 20 seconds after that still was like hobbling around until it died. And that's, that's just like your standard run-of-the-mill elk. So imagine, I, I mean, I don't know, dude, imagine a moose, right? Like you hit a freaking moose with an 18 wheeler. That thing's probably fine. I mean, I would imagine it's absolutely fine. Chris, you might be able to speak
2: to that more. It is not absolutely fine. <laughs> only one way to find out, right out now. Wait, is it Old... not absolutely fine or is it not fine? Absolutely. Like it's dead or is it is it still
1: 50/50 shot as to whether it's dead?
2: Okay. Um
1: but it's definitely
2: injured. Oh yeah. I mean, hunk of metal. I mean, I've fast. been hit
1: by a truck like and Chris is an elk.
2: <laughs> I mean,
1: I I fucked up that truck, too, though. Like, I dented his hood. I fucked up the the front of it, like, uh, the bumper dented in and whatnot. I was then thrown, like, 20 feet when he hit the brakes, and that sucked. But You've you've earned a bunch of good karma, though, because of your past (laughs) life
0: experiences. With all the injuries and stuff, like, you've definitely earned good karma. So after the pandemic's over, like, the next 30 years of your life, i I don't know you're probably just gonna be really rich and happy and maybe (laughs) have a lot of alchemy
1: i'm not even gonna lie the pandemic has kind of put me in like the nicest situation i've ever been in i have money in my savings account right now i technically have underlings which is cool (laughs) i'm i'm in a place with a garage all this sounds like is that you're a wiccan right now that's all that it sounds like my mom is a wiccan I I have
0: underlings. I'm teaching them how to make potions. We're making bows and arrows out of
1: bones and twine. This is fantastic. If I was going to make a bow, it would not be out of bone. I would use um, PVC pipe and those, um, there are these, these, uh, they're for putting on the side of the road and they're like long rods of yellow. Um, but they're, they're flexible. Um, and if you can bunch a bunch of those up and then put them inside the PVC pipe and then cut it all down to the right size, you can notch that and make a good impromptu bow. It'll, it'll, uh, work up to like 45 pounds. You are, you are ready for when society takes a left-hand turn
0: and just starts going to shit and we have to start hunting in suburbia. Chris is just going to be like, look at my garage. And it's going to be all these found <laughs> objects. There are reasons I'm
1: excited about having a garage,
2: Drew. <laughs> <laughs> he's been telling me about his throwing knife block that he's setting up. No. That oh. one's for fun,
1: though. That's not for yeah. usefulness. That's okay. for funsies. Sorry.
2: That's to That's... relax
1: myself, honestly. I used to do axe throwing before a fucking comedy show. And that's what I would do every week to get my aggression out. And you know what? It fucking worked, <laughs> man. That's actually not bad advice. Cause I tend to go on stage sometimes and then just get my aggression
0: out on stage. And multiple times over the last few months after I've done a set, somebody will just come up to me and be like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm actually, I've never felt better, which alarms them even <laughs> more because they're just like, this is, this is terrifying. This is really scary. I've just started telling people that, like, when they seem concerned that this is my happy place, and then that's how you lose friends. (laughs) This is my happy
1: place. (laughs) Yeah. It's
0: like, we're good. Everything's (laughs) fine. Yep. We're great.
1: Now, um, one thing I do like to check in on. So, Charlie doesn't do comedy. Charlie is a drummer um, and also a badass podcast host and uh, trivia master as well. But... When I get comedians on, I always kind of really any art form, I want to know how you got into it. Like how did you start doing comedy? Oh man. Um, cause it's usually a sad, I mean funny story. it's <laughs> well, honestly, it's a little bit of both. so uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> I think I think
0: you'll find I think you'll find like a lot of comics will probably most of the good comics, I know, right? and it's not just good comics, but most of the people that are. Um, intentionally, consistently trying to do comedy as in a form of expression. A lot of them have some kind of like weird uh, childhood experiences, a weird upbringing, and that definitely kind of factors into my experience. But I didn't start. Mm -hmm. I didn't start actually having a vested interest in doing comedy until about four years ago, but my whole life I grew up watching it. So, you know, I used to fall asleep late at night watching Richard Pryor live in Long Beach And I mean, when I was like 11 years old, I was watching one of the most raunchy comedy specials from, you know, the mid 80s -hmm. and just falling asleep listening to it every night to the point where like I had memorized his entire set list and I just loved it. So I've been influenced by comedy throughout my life. I've always been fascinated by it, but it's actually pretty lame and generic. How I started was I, I went to a comedy show at Harvey's and was like, I think I can do that. And that's not, it's not always a good thing because if you think, if you see a comedy show and you think, oh man, I could do that and maybe do that better. That means you just saw a really bad comedy show. And that was kind of the case is that I saw a headliner go up for 30 minutes and it just wasn't good. And I had watched that and thought, you know what, maybe, maybe I can just give this a shot. Not like, Hey, maybe I'm going to, continue doing this and have it become a passion, but like, give it a shot. And it took me two years. And then I eventually did it on a dare, um, to myself. I I basically dared myself and kind of worked myself up into this frenzy of you're too much of a pansy. You can't do it. You don't have the guts. Just go do an open mic. And then eventually I went and did an open mic. And I went to the, the open mic that I knew absolutely for certain, nobody that knew me would ever be at that location. And that was the first open mic I ever did. And that was at Side Bar and Grill. Nice. mic. And the first set I ever did, because they were offering seven minutes at the time, because there weren't that many people there. Um, I actually did the full seven minutes. And it was about me being really mad at a baby that was crying on a plane. And the genesis of that joke is a true story, which is at a loss for words when I was talking to this kid's father. I asked the kid, not the kid. I asked the dad, Hey, could you quiet your son down? Bear in mind, I did this on a plane full of people midday on the way back from Connecticut. And I just wasn't in a good mood. And this kid was just making so much noise that it was preventing me from sleeping. So the dad turns to me after I say, Hey, could you quiet your kid down? And he says, do you want me to tell the kid to shut up? Which at the time I thought would have been great if he could <laughs> just have that, that would have been fantastic. And what I ended up saying, honestly, was like, no, I don't want your kid to shut up, but maybe you could like put a nipple in its mouth. And that was because I didn't, I was raised thinking that a a pacifier was referred to as a nipple, right? Because that's what my grandma called it. And so that was just the first thing that came to my head was shove a nipple in that baby's mouth. And of course, that made his wife really upset. And as it turns out, everybody else in my little section, it made them very upset and um, that was my first, granted, that's not how it went necessarily when I was on stage, but I spent seven minutes talking about that and felt okay about it, and then that's kind of where I've been at ever since, man, is just you keep grinding and keep writing new jokes and keep hitting different stages and seeing what makes people laugh, and now I'm addicted to it, I mean, uh, in every way, shape, and form. It drives me. It I went on vacation recently and had a okay vacation, but felt a lot better that I came out of that vacation with five minutes of new material. Like I Mm -hmm. I was, I was more satisfied by the five minutes of new material that I got out of that vacation than I was by the five days that I actually spent on vacation. And that's honestly kind of how I know that this is something I can never stop doing because even when I'm trying really hard not to think about anything, I'm still thinking about comedy. And that's, I mean, it's the first thing I've ever really felt that way about that isn't a life partner, right. That isn't a human being, but rather a pursuit. So, um, yeah, again, it's nothing too, (laughs) it's nothing too alarmist or it's nothing too intriguing really. It's just, I, I went out on a limb. I told myself, Hey, you're going to give this a shot. It took me two years to grow a pair and actually do it. And then I did it and I still did it so that I could hide from everybody that might possibly see me do it. And, um, and now I'm doing it however much I possibly can, pandemic notwithstanding. So that's, that's all there is to it, man. It's not that exciting. Have you been doing uh, any Zoom shows? I started doing some Zoom shows at the beginning of the pandemic. And oh, you could probably relate to this a little bit too, Chris. It felt too much like work for me. Because I work from home and I have been for the better part of the last four years. I do a lot of, I do a lot of zoom meetings. I do a lot of calls from home on my computer and I found myself getting off of work and then basically going right back to work, which is you log into the computer, you're sitting in front of it, you're watching people talk and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it isn't. And it, it grew. I grew out of it so quickly that I don't feel like I gave it a good enough shot because One of the things I've learned that a lot of people really benefited from when doing that was they actually got to network with people out of the state. So not just comedians in Portland, not just comedians from Washington, but you're getting comedians from Pennsylvania. You're getting comedians from Chicago. You're getting some comics from like New York and L.A. that are actually pretty big names and they're seeing you perform on Zoom. And if you have a decent set on the Zoom and you can translate that to the stage, I mean, then you've got connections when you want to go visit those cities that you wouldn't normally have. And so, Mm -hmm. no, I haven't been doing Zoom shows is the short answer to that question. And I kind of regret it. But at the same time, I'm a I'm a homer, man. Like, I think that if comedy is going to exist, it 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 can't and shouldn't evolve too much past actual stand up on stage performances, because that's the last vestige of like orators people that speak to the populace and convey a message and break things down in more uh, layman's terms for people to understand and laugh at. And I think that's harder to do online because people can distract themselves with anything. Like I could be on this this call with you guys right now or this podcast with you guys right now. And then I could also be on my Facebook chatting with who knows who and only be kind of sort of there. And it doesn't really to me, it doesn't really parlay itself into like the best, um, I guess, performance, if you would, or the best way to convey your message. So I might be, I might be in the minority on that one too. It wouldn't surprise me, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man, I'm still torn on zoom. I'm hoping it doesn't become a thing that is the norm because then I've, I'm a year behind the eight ball on that one.
1: Right. I still haven't done any, so don't feel bad about that. Uh,
0: Well, and you know what I see, you know, like Dan Wianco hosted one for a while you know, he was hosting an online Zoom mic with Michael Phelps and Zoe Ball. And like, I know that Dan really enjoyed that. But after a while, he was like, I really miss being on stage. Like, I actually miss being in front of three people at an obscure open mic more than I miss being online with 30 people at a Zoom mic. And, and, I, and I resonate with that. That actually makes a lot of sense to me because it's, a, it's so much different energy listening to somebody uh, cautiously laugh in the back versus having them kind of do a (laughs) on mute when you're doing a bit on zoom. So I don't know to each their own, I suppose. Uh, Sorry, I got to close this window. So this cat doesn't try to jump out, but Chris, I don't know if I ever really knew of your origins in comedy. I know that your mom started bullying another comic at one of your sets once in Alaska. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, that was, that was during my, uh, well, the only festival I've ever been at.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Uh, is, is where that happened. Um, <laughs> no, my... Uh, I'm like, I don't want to shorten it down too much, but I tell this story back because I will ask people this question frequently on this show and then they want the answer in return. And I'm like, how do I shorten this down enough? to give you all the information, but not bore my listeners who have actually really, I don't know why I'm worried about it. Nobody's listened to this podcast more than four times in a row anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I was working at a gas station at the time, um, with a lady whose entire back was covered in nightmare before Christmas tattoos. Uh, I tell you these two pieces of information to let you know that one, um, it makes sense that I would be at a job and two, uh, that we were tight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now, during this time, my dad and his current girlfriend, uh, had started seeing each other. It was immediately after I had been on a date with that lady. However, um, so I had feelings about this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i bet you did i bet you did and so she eventually pulls me into her office She's like all right chris the fuck is wrong and i'm like what are you talking about i'm here i'm doing my job and she's like yeah but chris you've been here for four hours and nobody has laughed so <laughs> what's wrong i'm like oh uh and i tell her and she's like cool 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 okay uh so what you're gonna do is you're going you're gonna to ask each of the people that comes up to the register, do you have some time? And if they say yes, you're going to tell them the story you just told me. And I want you to get kind of a tally going of, of how people react <laughs> uh, to that. And I did that for the rest of my shift. Um, turns out most people would have murdered my dad. Alaska is not full of nice people. No. Um, <laughs> they, would have, they would have pushed your dad out of a plane so that the wolves <laughs> could have gotten to him. Real
0: quick. They would have been like, hey, I, I got a single engine Cessna. We're going over to this fucking island right
1: now. We're going to bring your dad with us. Yeah, We're just going to a- jump this pedal. It'll be fine. Um, Does he have a moose fursuit? <laughs> <laughs> a, it's a tiger. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> no, that's funny. That's funny. Um, so, Charlie, now, I, as somebody who also worked in kitchens, like, a lot of their life and is a line cook, I want to know how you you got into it i guess if that's a way to refer to it
2: uh well when i was 17 my stepdad said get a job <laughs> and so i got a job at taco time up in, in washington mm-hmm. uh and I've, I've been eating at that restaurant since i was like two and i like then i went on to work there so it was like it was meant to be, I guess, but it's you know, it's cathartic.
0: It was, it was, yeah, it was kind of
2: it, you know, see behind the curtain of all those soft tacos <laughs> I'd eaten. You know. Yeah, right. And it was, you know, it was kind of cool. Um, worked there for a while, and then kind of for college, I was I stopped working in restaurants for a little bit, and then eventually went back that uh, back to it. And then when I moved down to Portland, I started like I worked at. um this my first job down here was this place called the uh the portland taco company and uh (laughs) that lasted all of four months and then went out of business uh worked at a place called the original taco house so to recap that's taco time taco company taco house i've worked for you
0: gotta think for tacos dude i like
2: me some tacos it's it's, uh, my resume points and then so after that i worked at a uh Bowling alley here in Beaverton, uh, Sunset Lanes. Actually, oh, got nachos. Uh, yeah, they're like, We're trying to be more high end, and it's just like (laughs) pizza. And it's essentially, as I found out, because like the next year I started working at McMinniman's. Uh, they were just trying to copy the McMinniman's menu. <laughs> essentially. I was,
0: was going right. to say, it sounds like when a bowling alley says they want to be more high end, that just means they want to start serving like chicken strips and fries. Yeah. You and know what hum- I mean?
2: yeah, they, yeah. They had they had a hummus plate and some salads.
0: Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> but, Next thing yeah. you know, they're going to have like hollandaise sauce, but just nothing that hollandaise sauce goes with. Well, they're actually, of we, we
2: did a Sunday brunch because uh, old people love to go bowling early in the morning. Uh, we had like a happy hour I no, I'm old people and my <laughs> my chef quote unquote chef um, he would like come in he would like open the kitchen and then I would get there he's like okay and he would go drink and watch football in the lounge yes um, okay. and I would be stuck serving breakfast uh, hang on
1: what were the quotes for oh that sounded like a chef <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, it sounds like a good supervisor
2: of the kitchen. Te- so <laughs> technically, yes, he was the supervisor of the kitchen. He was the chef in that that is French for chief. And he was the chief kitchen guy. But there was also the food and beverage manager above him. And above her was technically the marketing manager. And then there was like, so every one of these managers up all the way till the owners would come and bother me about what I was doing. And uh, I, I looked him up like on Facebook after he hired me and uh, he dropped out of cook- cooking college after like two years in the uh, baking program <laughs> and then just started working at Sunset Lanes and calling himself chef. Oh, and, like, there you go. God, horsey sauce. If
0: only <laughs> if horsey sauce were made out of real horses. <laughs>
1: Just Ladies and saying. gentlemen, that is three for three for animal eating. We've got dogs, <laughs> we've got cats, we got horses. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's been a fantastic <laughs> episode. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Drew for coming on. Thank you for having me, guys. <laughs> Charlie, thanks for putting up with us again. <laughs> Have a good night. All right. Thank you. Bye. Oh, crap. What's the matter? Oh, this stupid lighter won't stick to the light post. What? Huh? Hey, what are you doing? I'm trying to get this maraca to stick, huh? Maraca? What are you
2: trying hey, Whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Oh, What yeah. now? Dude, you need stickers from Sticker Ninja. Say what? Sticker Ninja makes awesome, high-quality vinyl stickers. Yeah, but I need my business logo on them. Mr. Cat's Maracas and Lighters. Yo, give Sticker Ninja your logo, and they'll make custom stickers for you. But stickers just fade in the sun, or they fall off when it rains. The stickers from Sticker Ninja are waterproof and UV-resistant. And best of all, they're from
2: portland support local
1: businesses dude sweet are you water resistant so where do i find sticker ninja
2: go to sticker ninja.com
1: and check out their website get free quotes on custom jobs and hey use the discount code spr10 for a 10 percent discount on stickers support sticker ninja and shady pines radio i'm on it sticker ninja
2: all right there we go um that was a fun episode uh, did we learn anything, Chris? Well, we learned
1: that Drew Wilson McGrath is going to eat an animal. You know, probably somebody's. And and we don't quite know who's. Orange Pug Dust. <laughs> orange orange Pug Cheeto Dust? Yeah.
2: <laughs> cool uh, American
1: Cheeto <laughs> Dust. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, We also learned that hucking a a moose out of an airplane is illegal in Alaska. That's
2: probably probably good, I guess. We learned a lot today, really. Yeah, that was good. Uh, You know what? Uh, Did we learn where we can find Drew's stuff? Drew is...
1: You actually just have to look up Drew Wilson McGrath. um, And that works for both Instagram
2: and... For Facebook. All right, sounds good. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Everything and Nothing. We're also on Twitter and uh, Patreon. We have Patreon, uh, YouTube, We've got that. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, and of course Thursday mornings, 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. And we have an email address. It's Everything and Nothing 2020 at hotmail.com. It and has. look forward to our D&D games.
1: Oh, yeah. We have some more D&D stuff coming up. Find that on the YouTube channel, Beeps. Uh, That's it, I think. We out.
2: You're listening to Shady Pines Radio.